Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona. And we're back here for episode eight. Today, our final episode of the Culture Vulture era of the band. We are here in February 2018. Today, we are going to be talking about February 17th, 2018 from Raleigh. I looked up the pronunciation this time, so I made sure it's correct. I was really hoping you mispronounced it again. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? We we had our fun with that in episode one, and then I think last (laughs) episode two, when I talked about what show was going to be for this episode... It's a hard it's a hard word to pronounce or to remember the correct pronunciation of. I can see that. I have a connection to this town, so it's not hard for me. But I can see how being Canadian, this yeah. would stick out. Mm-hmm. Listen, I bet you couldn't pronounce some places in Canada. So I guarantee I can't. Yeah. There you go. It's just not, you know, nobody indigenous nobody indigenous names of things that are probably yeah. very tricky for me. Yeah. No, nobody plays shows in Canada, so that's never really an issue. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> This show uh, is from one of my favorite months of Snarky Puppy ever. Uh, February 2018 is an incredible run uh, for them. You know, it starts uh, with Ground Up Festival uh, in Miami, and then they play like a three-week tour, which I think had like no days off on it. Wow. Like I, That's I'm, I'm crazy. I'm going to double check now because I'm, I'm pretty sure that there are no days off uh, on this tour, but like they literally played for three weeks and played every single day. That sounds so exhausting. I can't even believe that. Yeah, it's kind of insane uh, to do that much touring. Okay, so yeah, so they played the Ground Up Festival on uh, February 9th, 10th, and 11th, and then started in Atlanta on February 14th, okay? Two nights in Atlanta, then February 16th in Nashville, February 17th in Raleigh. Raleigh, I already messed it up. That's great. <laughs> February 18th in Maryland, and then February 19th in Colorado. Wow. I guess they flew out to Colorado. Then they played three shows in Colorado. Then, oh, okay. They had one day off. They had February 22nd off, uh, and then they played in Nebraska, and then Portland, Oregon, and then Seattle, (laughs) and then down to Southern California uh, for a couple of shows. Oh, and then they had February... 28th off before uh, a residency at uh, uh, the SF Jazz Fest. Uh, They did um, five shows in, no, six shows in four days. um, Wow. And most of those days, and most of those days they're traveling too. Yeah. That's a grueling tour. Well, they sounded tight, I have to say. We were talking a little bit beforehand, before we went on. I absolutely loved the show. This is a this is an impressive impressive lineup. Uh, they do sound amazing. This is our first uh, show with Jameson Ross on drums as well. Uh, hearing him out there for the first time, but we've got today Chris Bullock on tenor sax, Mike Mazmaher on trumpet, flugelhorn, and vocals, Justin Stanton on trumpet and keyboards, Bill Lawrence on keyboards, Sean Martin on keyboards, Mark Letiri on guitar. Michael League on bass, Jameson Ross on drums and vocals, and Nate Worth on percussion. Sean is back on the B3, everybody. Haven't heard him in that role since episode one. Uh, exciting to hear. Yeah, this show was great. And this venue, I was trying to remember if I've been there before. I spent some time in Raleigh, North Carolina. My parents moved down there to Cary, which is like a suburb outside of it. And so in between college for a few summers, I waitressed there and I saw a lot of live music in Raleigh and I love seeing music down there. 
bands seem to just play really well down there. There's amazing fish shows from there. Okay. It's it's just a special place to see music. And I looked at the venue. I can't remember if I've been there or not. It's been renovated since, so it's hard to tell. But it's got a capacity of about 1,400. And it looks like a pretty awesome place now. It looks pretty newly renovated and really fun space, just open. There's like a balcony around the edges, but otherwise just GA. And looks really fun. I have a feeling I may have been there, but I can't remember for what. Right. There you go. Yeah. So this is cool. This, this this lineup is also cool because it's similar to the lineup that we heard in the last episode. Uh, we have a different guitar player, uh, different and and different drums, but otherwise it's the same. Um, but the the biggest difference being you have um, Sean on organ. So instead of having just just like Rhodes and two layers of synth um, in the key section, you know how Justin synth, Bill Rhodes, and Sean organ in a lot of cases. Uh, so that especially comes out in the opening white cap where you have these layers of the, the three distinct layers of keyboards throughout this whole song, which is, it sounds so amazing immediately. Yeah, it's super dreamy and it just builds like great tension underneath. The intro is just, it's so gorgeous. The drums and the percussion are like perfectly complementing each other right away. They sound incredibly like locked in. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, I mean, Whitecap is one of my favorite openers. Uh, you know, we've, we've heard it open shows a couple of times in the series or show up a few times. Uh, but also this is a great contrast from the one in the last episode we heard with a very similar lineup because last episode, you know, we talked a lot about, um, in that, the, the end of that South American tour, how the show had a very relaxed vibe, you know, much more mm-hmm. laid back. They come out of the gate here, you know, they're still, they're like four shows into this tour, I believe. Uh, but it's aggressive from the jump. Uh, you know, they're going for it. And, you know, do they ever go for it? You know, like it sounds so good here. Um, you know, you get Sean throwing in some nice little Moog underneath the horns towards the beginning. Uh, sounds really, really great. Mark, of course, uh, have we heard from him recently? I don't think we've had Mark uh, uh. He's so while. great. He's so great in this show. Yeah. He, I love what he's doing in that section. It's just, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's that, that amazing, very distinctive Mark Letiri rhythm guitar work uh, in that first break. Um, yeah. We, I, I just realized we haven't seen Mark since uh, episode four. So it's been a little while. time he sounds like this whole version of this song is sounds so like reassured and cool it's so textured and rich there's something about this version i think it's my favorite version of the song that i've heard so far amazing and uh, we get a nice uh solo from maz towards the end a little drum break what's cool here as well is maz takes it on flugelhorn and there are no effects you know he's just like just ripping the flugelhorn which is cool to hear because you know maz and bullock a lot of the time their solos are very effects driven. So it's nice to hear them come out with this clean sound. Uh, you get to appreciate their, their playing uh, a little bit more, which is cool. Yeah, it's definitely beautiful to hear them when they go clean. 
think just stands out how incredible they are as musicians. Yep. And then we move into grown folks. Uh, you know, obviously this song is just incredibly funky. I love the way, you know, they, they come in with the intro here. Um, you know, the keys, Mark and Michael all just like funking it up, uh, which sounds amazing. Bill throwing some delay on the roads, which sounds so cool. Um, yeah. Wow. It's so funky, like right away. I love it. It's just like, they're not wasting any time. They're just getting right into it. Mm -hmm. And it's cool what Mark's doing. He's like echoing kind of a little bit of what like the horns are doing. And it just sounds incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and Michael doing some incredible fills underneath the horns there. Um, and we get, you know, one of my, one of my favorite grown folks solo combinations, which is Mark on the main solo and then Sean on the outro. Um, Mark puts mm. on, it's like, it's like a rotary kind of Leslie simulator pedal type of deal. Uh, he likes to use that effect, uh, on grown folks is another great one from 11, nine, 19, uh, where he does the same thing, but just taking his time, getting jazzy. It's a very Mark Letiri solo, which I love on this song. His, his playing style and his tone suit this song so well. Yeah, his solo is super sexy. And I love like what Jameson's doing underneath, like the drums. Yes. He's just, they're super tight. He has this like forward feeling when he's playing drums. I, it's hard to describe, but there's something kind of like almost like contained and like really tight about the way that he drums. And it works so well under what Mark's doing with this like really sultry, like sexy feeling. It just, it feels like a perfect balance to that. Mm -hmm. And it, it's very driving throughout this solo. You yeah. know, J Jameson is keeping the momentum going throughout yeah. this whole solo. There's not a minute of letting up at no. all. No. And Michael is just like laying it down and yep. keeping it like super grounded at her Mark solo. The solo then gets like really bluesy and you start hearing the vamp creep in. And it's almost like it kind of sets a fire under Mark even more. And this solo just absolutely soars off. It's so good. Yeah. You know, that, that, that shred. Then we mm -hmm. get into the outro, and Sean just, like, I think the first, like, 30 seconds of his solo, he's just playing one note, which is yeah, it's funny it's really because, cool. yeah, because he does, like, it's really cool how he uses that one note to make it not just sound, like, super repetitive and boring. There's one, it reminds me of, there's this one um, time where Dave Cause, the saxophonist, sat in with Wolfpack uh, in 2018, mm. and I think it's like for like 40 seconds, he plays one note over and over and over again, <laughs> and it sounds awesome. <laughs> you have to like really know what you're doing to do that and yeah. have it work well. Yeah, it adds this like frenetic feeling. It's like agitated almost, and it has that feeling all through the outro, and the synths are still being like laid down underneath it all. I just wrote in my notes, wow, is yeah. it's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we've got two – it's pretty incredible one-two punch to open the show here. Uh, great yeah. set listing by Michael. Yeah, I think that they sound super locked in but playful too. This is probably my two favorite versions of either both of these songs, and it's the best like one-two opener 
we've heard out of any of the shows that we've listened to Mm -hmm. for me. This is, this is also one of my favorite eras of the band in terms of set lists because Mm. they're two years into touring the culture vulture material. Um, and so it's not, you know, like in, in early 2017, we heard like, you know, seven culture vulture songs plus what about me and Lingus. Right. Mm -hmm. So now they're at the point where they're two years into this, they're like, okay, there's still going to be a bunch of culture stuff, but you know, if you look at the set list, there are only three culture vulture songs in this show. Yeah. Right. And so th- there's, there's such a mix also from all eras, you know, you have a white cap, you have a kite, you have a thing of gold, you know, all from, all from different albums already Wednesday, um, you know, so there, there's a lot of variety going on here. And so I haven't seen the set list, um, that they played in San Francisco the other day. Um, you know, we're, we're recording this just after they have begun um, their summer tour uh, of a lot of festivals. But, you know, maybe we're going to see some more variety coming in. Yeah. Do you think they're going to kind of like, since they've already toured with Empire Central for a while, start like mixing it up? Well, we'll see. I think mm-hmm. uh, they're hitting Europe now, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, they're hitting Europe for the third time uh, since Empire Central uh, debuted. And you know, the first time they hit it, they did this summer festival circuit. Then they did a headlining tour in the fall. And so now they're back doing the summer festival circuit again. So I'm curious to see if they'll approach that more like, okay, we've, we played these festivals last year and we played all the Empire Central stuff. So we're going to mix it up now. It is funny, actually, last year during that festival tour, they played Big Ugly. Um, no kidding. I, I'm envious of that festival crowd. But yeah, it's 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 cool to look at the, the set listing and I'm... I'm very interested to see, uh, you know, obviously, especially because I'm seeing them next week um, or, you know, last night at the time of this release. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm excited to see uh, what happens, you know. Still a lot yeah, of Empire Central songs I didn't see in Buffalo, though, so. Yeah, and they're great, too, so. Yeah. So we move on into Kite here, you know. Take a breath. Michael notes that he's going to let the tiny hairs in everybody's ears a little bit of a breather yeah it's such a great breather song always and you get at the beginning there's some of this like an undertone of like a spooky synth sound which i'm not sure uh if it's justin to start or if it's sean um immediately um but it, it sounds really really cool absolutely and there's like this super funky synth bass which is under the piano chords and a trumpet solo on top yeah. of it Oh my God, it's like that classic mixture that Snarky Puppy does so well of like synthetic and modern sounds with like classic and traditional. Yeah. And they do it so well. I, I love, uh, you know, I love I love a Justin trumpet solo. We, you know, we get a mm-hmm. lot more Maz uh, usually, but, you know, Bill being in the lineup means that trumpet plays, uh, trumpet, that Justin plays a lot more trumpet uh, on the gig than he does when he's, you know, when he's at the bigger keyboard station. Um, and, you know, in my notes, though, I said, like, you know, his trumpet solo is great and all, but, like, this synth bass that's happening uh, here uh, from, I believe, Sean is amazing. Yeah, it's so funky. I love it.
that. And, and it starts to happen here when you're listening to the show, just in case anyone is worried. There are weird skips and, like, it sounds like tempo changes uh, in the show here and there that get kind of worse later on. Um, but this is the first one where it shows up. That's just something to do with the tape. That is not you. That is not your speaker. That is not your phone. That is not your computer. It's just an issue with the recording, uh, which is unfortunate, but, you know, still having a good time. But still worth listening to. Like, doesn't, yeah. I don't think, interfere with the enjoyment how much you can enjoy the show. Yes. And then we get the master of this kind of vibe of piano solo, Bill Lawrence, uh, on the outro. Man, it's, you know, it comes back obviously later in the show in Ready Wednesday, but Bill has this beautiful, like his beautiful, like classical piano playing style is so good in this very mellow setting. And just just having all this space and just very minimal drums, minimal bass, and just Bill. Yeah, it's gorgeous. There's a few moments in the show where that really happens. And it's just when he does that and he takes you there, you just kind of go to another place. It's like one of those moments that's just kind of transcendent. And there's just delicate percussion underneath. Such a soft touch. It's just truly lovely. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Sean, you know, starts to come in a little bit, uh, some organ, you know, doing, doing as he does playing off of Bill, prodding Bill in some different directions, which is awesome. And this is cool because with a lot of times when a solo with Snarky Puppy will start mellow like this, it'll end up getting much bigger and much, Mm. much louder by the end. This doesn't, it's very mellow and just kind of floats into the ending of the song, which I loved. Yeah, it's nice. It's like not everything has to build up to a giant peak. Yeah. And then, you know, speaking of building up, uh, they immediately go into Tarova, which is, you know, complete shift back to, uh, you know, balls to the walls, you know, aggressive uh, music, uh, which is, you know, it, it's great. And, and this this one is awesome because you have Mark rhythm guitar and Sean doing Moog bass and organ as we get into this solo section here. Um, and so just underneath Bullock's solo, they just sound excellent yeah it's super groovy really dancey and they just sound like they're just one organism the band sounds so together mm-hmm. it's they just sound like they're breathing together they're moving together it has this really kind of like connected feeling to it yeah definitely and you've got this the bass a- just laying it down underneath it's just monster and then this like insane drums break is just so amazing and someone is yelling more 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 go i don't know who it is but it's like you could feel it. There's nothing better than when a musician yells like that. It's the best. You do have a point there. Um, it's, yeah, it sounds, it sounds so good. Um, I, I actually, similar to the, the kite uh, trumpet solo, I'm kind of, I'm focusing more on the groove here than on the solo itself, uh, which is really interesting when you get something like that. But of course, not when you have the drum sax break, um, which is, you know, as you mentioned, so good. And then Nate, you know, crushing the outro. Nate is so good uh, on this. You know, I, getting to see this live uh, back in April, you know, my first show, getting the Tarova and, you know, seeing Nate go in on the outro was awesome. Oh, my God. The crowd goes just completely wild when they come back in. It's just a totally tremendous ending to this song. It is. Um, it's, it's so good. I love Which this I song. Which I think is – is a nice balance when they start Thing of Gold because it has just such a sweet feeling to the beginning of this song. You've got mm-hmm. the crowd starting to sing. It's just, I really feel like we've said it before, but this is 
one of the best constructed set lists I think that I've heard from them. It's just, there's mm -hmm. such a good flow to this set. It's, it's so complete, you know, uh, it, it feels like it flows perfectly. And this is, this is the last version of Tarova we will hear um, with this kind of, uh, with this arrangement, uh, that this is it. Oh, Next time bummer. we hear it, it will be in the newer 2019 arrangement. Ooh. Ooh, something to look forward to. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you hearing that one. It'll be not for a few episodes, uh, but it will come back. Uh, and it's going to be great. Thing of Gold, I feel like, always works works really well kind of mid to late set uh, mm. in a show. You know, it, it it's a little bit mellow, has some energy to it, and then, you know, Sean's outro can kind of go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and th sense. this is also where the much shorter solo section uh, than some other versions. Uh, and we're going to hear also one of the other cool things they kind of did in 2019 is they started switching up the solo vamp to Thing of Gold. Uh, so in addition to mm. this regular one that we've heard in every version so far, um, sometimes they would do, instead of this, they would do like the, the vamp from Sign of the Times by Prince. Um, wow, instead so of Thing cool. of Gold, or they would do uh, Don't Stop the Music by Yarborough and Peoples, I think is the name of the band. Um, but it's cool, and it get you know the solos have a different kind of vibe to them, obviously, because it's a different groove. So we'll hear some of those, uh, obviously, as we move into the 2019 shows. Um, but this one is great. You know, this is, again, the keyboard layers. You have piano mm -hmm. and you have organ happening at the same time, and it sounds so good together. So good. There's just, I mean, the textures in the show because of those three keyboard players are just tremendous and continue yeah. to stand out. And this one is beautiful. Yeah. And then we get Sean on the outro, just nice organ on his own. I, you know, similar, we heard this uh, back in episode one uh, where he just, you know, he churched it up. Uh, we heard him go in on the organ. Uh, you know, back then it was obviously, it was like their new organ. It was part of their sound. You know, he's he's been playing organ with Snarky Puppy for a little bit longer at this point. Um, but it's it sounds amazing. Uh, and it just weaves perfectly into the first notes of Big Ugly. Uh, th this this begins the last, you know, the, or the, these three songs here just flow and segue into each other so, so well. Yeah, I actually missed this segue. It was so smooth. I was listening to this and didn't realize that a new song had started. And I was like, oh, wow, it just sounded so perfectly coming out of Thing of Gold. There we go. It just, it just works, you know? So, sometimes things just work. <laughs> and I, I, I really, really love Big Ugly here. Um, you know, again, with th this is the first time we're hearing it with three keyboards. Uh, you know, we heard this back in, from the spring 2017 show. Um, where it was just Bill and Justin. Uh, and so here we have, you know, three keyboards. You have the organ happening in it, which again, the organ adds such a dimension to the band's sound that you don't get with just layers of synth or like a, a keyboard generated organ. It's, it sounds so good. And obviously the layers and the build towards the end, Mark does amazing, amazing mm -hmm. on the outro solo, uh, in my opinion here. I just, you know, I think it sounds amazing.
show. I mean, he's such a great guitar player anyway, but he really stands out in some strong moments in this show to me. And the song has such an unsettled feeling to it. And I love that clav part and then how it bleeds into these like organ swells. Yeah. It's a really nice break to the kind of like chugging along feeling that the song has. So when you get that moment when it becomes more expansive with the swelling of the organ, it's really nice like just a position. Yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. It's yeah it, you can't beat this song really like this is this is it has been one of my favorite snarky puppy songs because of how many different layers there are happening at every time the different sections the way they flow to each other and just the triumph of the the final build um i love it and then you know one of my other favorite things they did this obviously a bunch of times on this tour having having bill around uh, in this lineup of big ugly and Bill goes right into the intro to Ready Wednesday, starting with playing off of the ending chords of Big Ugly. Mm-hmm. There's one it's version. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. There's one version from their SF Jazz residency a couple weeks later where Justin keeps that synth outro going as Bill starts. Oh, cool. So is much lengthier as well. Um, but it's it just it's so good. And then again, Bill Lawrence, king of the quiet vibe piano. It's incredible. It's so dramatic. Like his piano playing is emotional and dramatic. It's a really nice change of pace. And then after the solo section, it just takes this total shift to like funky synth layers. And it's just so different from what the beginning of the song sounds like. Yeah. It's, oh man, I love this song. (laughs) This is a great song. I really like it because then it turns into like, disco dancing vibes and you hear Jameson on percussion just adding like so much nice texture. Yeah, there, there's some really good versions from this tour as well. Uh, the one from Nashville on February 16th is great. You get some nice horn trading uh, during the vamp there, but it's it's that drop into into the disco vibe. Michael putting on that like synthy octave effect on his bass. Yeah. It's so, so funky. And this, this is all about the rhythm section. Yeah. It's all about the rhythm yeah. section. You know, and there, there's a little while, you know, Sometimes they'll jump right into the solo section. The soloist will just start going right away. Justin doesn't start right away. You know, they kind of just like lay in the groove for a minute, in, enjoying the vibe, you know. Yeah, it's so vibey. And then I love how it kind of ends in this outro that's total full oh. circle to the beginning of the song. Yeah. It's, again, super dramatic, and it has this like movie soundtrack. It's like watching someone you've loved forever, but – could never have just like walk away for the last time. It's like devastating. It's sad. It puts this like complete journey to an end. I mm. love it. Yeah. It it just, uh, it works. Mm-hmm. It just works. You know, this, this show is so good. You know, every time I listen to it, I'm like, ah, oh. and then, yeah, so I, this is definitely probably my favorite show we've listened to so far. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, uh, we've got the set closing Shofakon here. Uh, you know, Sean, I've been real quiet all night long. Uh, <laughs> no longer. <laughs> I love that. There's like yeah. this mellow vibe in the intro to Shofakon until Sean just yells that. It's so great. I've been mm-hmm. real quiet all night long. You're like, and then he gets the audience chanting like, hey, hey, hey. It's so great. Yeah. And then uh, Maz takes the solo here uh, on Flugel. Again, a nice clean one. Amazing interplay with Michael during this solo yeah. here. This is, this is worth a listen. You know, a lot of times, like in the last episode, especially even like Shofakon is just like, okay, 
they played Shofakan. We move on to the next song because, you know, there's not a ton of variety from version to version. This solo section is excellent and is well worth a listen. Yeah, Ma sounds so effortless and the band is just kind of drifting behind him with Michael just keeping it super steady. And I just love how this song gets into this like giant, deep funk. I really want to hear this song live just for that moment because the crowd is so hype and it's just like this funk. This is what I like really love about Snarky Puppy is that they can get so funky. Yeah. And then, you know, they leave. Crowd starts chanting Shofakan through the encore break. Uh, you know, we heard that back in episode one uh, where they, you know, kind of took that chant, started playing off of it and weaved it into Quartermaster. Well, they did it again. And this one <laughs> is amazing. Uh, Michael, of course, starts it off. He comes back in. A little bit of synths coming in very, very, very gradually. Um, you know, then Michael, obviously, I guess, gets the, uh, modulates us into the correct key for quartermaster um and just everyone slowly creeps in um and there's still there's no quartermaster yet they he modulated into a different key but they're still just playing on shofkan here at the beginning and it's just it's so good this is one of the coolest segues jammy snarky puppy yeah it's so jammy it just totally evolves and it's just like the kind of shit we love in the jam world like when like you know songs bleed into each other and we can do that like you know, full arrow on our little set lists because we're nerds. So I feel like this is like a true awesome segue moment. Is it, and- see, yeah, is it a full arrow if the band leaves and the segue is from a crowd chant into the song? Ooh, like, I, don't I don't know. No, this is a really like, nerd technical moment. Maybe it doesn't, but then they pick it up where they were. So would it be just like a line? I would say arrow? it's like jam quartermaster. Mm. Mm. Maybe. Shofakan jam. Hmm. Something to, something to think about. Something to think about. Um, but, you know, Sean was quiet for most of the show. He is the <laughs> leader here. Uh, you know, uh, on TalkBox, they're all just they're just going in, right? Uh, the horns start to kind of bring in Quartermaster vibe a little bit, but they're not there yet. Uh, Sean starts doing California love on the talk box, except instead of California knows how to party, it's Raleigh Durham knows how to party. Raleigh Durham. It's so good. It's sick. It's like he's using this talk box like a fucking boss. I mean, he is just like owning this thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And then when they finally do hit Quartermaster, it's awesome because Sean starts like playing the first part of the melody and then going off on something else. Then brings it back and then something else. Then the horns... Quietly come in. They've got the crowd in the palm of their hand, yeah. and they just don't feel like they're in a hurry at all. They're like, we're going to get there when we want to get there. And yeah. they're just like, it just makes the payoff so good, and I love it. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Oh, oh, 
Cool. But I mean, th- this reminds me a little bit of uh, the the ten, thirteen, fifteen version we talked about in episode two, mm-hmm. um, just because of how laid back it is and how vibey it is. You know, the the, the speed. The speed starts to pick up after this once they get into Quartermaster a little bit, but it's still slower than normal, and it still has this space and this improvisational quality to it that a lot of Snarky Puppy obviously doesn't have. Yeah, and they're still actually playing with the California Love quotes. Like, yeah. Just like you can kind of hear it. They're like sprinkling them in. Really, really, really great. It's yeah, amazing. and this is also cool because – you know, in some quartermasters, they'll start out really cool, and then the solo section will still just be like one person soloing, and then they'll get to the mm-hmm. end, whatever. This one, they keep the jammy vibe going. You know, Mark Mark is doing his low end, uh, funky stuff here. Um, you know, Bill on piano, Sean still on the talk box. It sounds amazing. Um, you know, despite the fact that the the it, the tape starts skipping a ton during this track. Yeah, but still worth it, and. Mark's solo here is just like this low end strut he's doing is incredible. It's just such a strong moment for him. It's just, I love it. It's so great. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the band gradually starts adding their own flavor to it. You know, Bill, Bill starts to jump in a little bit more. Mark kind of takes a back seat and lets Bill take the lead for a little while. Sean hops in on the groove, uh, you know, with some synth happening, Justin adding some textures as well. Like, it's so good. And then Bill and Sean just start trading, uh, mm-hmm. trading solos, which is, is so good. You know, I can just see Michael's face. Uh, I, yes. can, I can picture him just like huge, huge smile on his face, watching them go back and forth uh, with each other. And man, you know, they, they give him a little breakdown, like, whew. Oh my God. And then he's like, Sean's like playing the talk box, almost like scratching it like a DJ would on a record. It's like, he's doing these like weird little like noises and it's, it's so much fun. And above the piano, again, like another example of how they're able to balance these two totally different types of music like so well. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's great. And then, you know, we just crash back into Quartermaster proper. We get the hymn ending. Uh, Michael plugs, uh, is it his cousin's movie theater thing? I forget who it was. Yeah, brother-in-law or cousin, brother-in-law, I can't remember, a relative but... of his with a movie theater uh, or a cool movie theater idea, uh, you know, band intros, the whole thing. But you know, the whole thing, the whole quartermaster ends up being, you know, around twenty minutes long, all told, which is just, you know, you love to see a twenty-minute track. Yeah, and definitely dates the show being in two thousand eighteen because he's like talking about how you can like rent movies. I mean, even of... in twenty eighteen, like, were you renting movies? I don't know, but it's like I feel like I haven't rented a movie since like two thousand. I know. I was like, "What year is this show?" But I thought, "Well, you definitely wouldn't do that now." But maybe I was in two thousand eighteen. Who knows? That was a some people still own a DVD player. It's true, they do. I have a we have a VHS player in my house. I have a really old one too. I have some very old, you know, productions of theater that that I was in that I like to watch myself sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, we still have like a really old like. TV like that's this thick. I love that. It's in like yes. it's in like a cupboard though. Like yeah. you know, you'd have to open it to watch, and like it hasn't been opened in like a decade. <laughs> I love that. There's yeah. probably some home movies of like Baby Ryan on there that are very cute. Oh yeah, they're my. I think my dad digitized all those, but yeah, you know, they, they they exist. So that's that's our Raleigh show here. Am I still pronouncing it right? Raleigh. Yeah. Okay, look at me go. I'm so proud of myself. Proud uh, of you. Then we get our bonus track for today. 
Um, we go fast forward a week and a half. They're in California at the Belly Up in Solana Beach, which is near San Diego. It's a very, very small room, very intimate, very intimate show. Um, and so, you know, here we have this beautiful version of Gemini. Uh, fans of this should go check it out. It's, it's on YouTube uh, with the Pro Shot audio on it. Great shot of the stage. And this is, you know, the spacey part is cool. This is, for me, this is about Sean's outro solo. Uh, and there are a few versions from this tour where Sean takes the outro. This one in particular, um, it's really extended. He starts on that kind of like harmonica-y synthesizer patch that he loves um, and just gradually switches to one hand to organ, both hands to organ, and it's just filled with emotion and euphoria and just it's it's amazing i i love i love this version yeah this is one of my favorite snarky puppy songs and the opening notes to the song get me every time it just has that little that little riff it's just so pretty and this to me also just feels like one long solo from him it's an absolutely gorgeous version truly incredible musicianship and it's just something that's just it's special to hear it must have sounded amazing in the room yeah, it is. And that is our show. And that is our show. That that brings us to the end <laughs> of the Culture Vulture era. We have we are now two-thirds the way through season one of Things of Gold, wow. which is crazy to think about. Eight episodes in. I'm proud you excited of us. for you excited for the immigrants era, Megan? I am, yeah. I love the Culture Vulture era, so I can only imagine how I'm gonna like this. A whole new batch of songs. The whammy clav is gonna be everywhere. Ooh, um, that's fun. It's going to be awesome. We are, we are, we're moving into a new era uh, for the next episode, people. Of course, uh, we will be heading all the way to Japan uh, for Ooh. April 12th, 2019 from Kawasaki, Japan. Uh, this is a great show very early on. I believe this is only the second show of the year uh, outside of the festival. Um, but I'm really excited to talk about that. You know, the immigrant songs in their early form. Um, before we move through the rest of the year. So without further ado, thank you everybody for listening to this episode of Things of Gold. It has been an absolute pleasure as always talking to you, Megan, uh, about Snarky Pups. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, and of course, let us know your favorite parts of the show as always. Uh, what other things that you like from February 2018, uh, what other shows you think we and other people should check out. You know, Share your recommendations always key and we will be back in two weeks with episode nine so everybody have a fantastic day and we'll see you next time thanks everyone